the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's Charlie Brown's Christmas, isn't it? You know, they thought that was going to be an abysmal failure when they put that on CBS. They thought it was not going to do well at all. And it's still around and played every year because people love it. And they, You know what they thought was the big problem? They thought that it wasn't hip enough. Uh, they uh, they were really upset when they got it and from the producer, and they had put this jazz score behind it. And now you go to, you know, orchestras and they perform it <laughs> as part of your Christmas specials. Just goes to show people can be wrong. You know, they can be wrong. But anyway, that's from a great uh, Christmas special that was on TV. I've seen where they're trying to use newer animation now to redo the old classics like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman and Frosty the Snowman Part 2 and all of that. Take it from me, all right? Someone who is a classic in his own right, okay? I'm, I'm, at, that, I'm at that age that if they sold me, they'd have a special license plate for me. Uh, and bottom line is stick with the classic. It's like when, when I'm going to play Miracle on 34th Street at Christmas time as our Christmas movie of the year, I don't use the remake the colored one. I, I don't use that. With Sir, you know, Richard Attenborough, I don't use use that one. I use the one from 1939. And that's the one everybody wants to see. That's why next Christmas, that's the one I'll be shown. And by the way, we've only been running the ad for two days, and tickets are going like wildfire uh, for the 75th anniversary showing of It's a Wonderful Life over at Riverdale 10. Uh, in uh, just a couple of weeks, uh, 13th, 13th of December. Expect to see It's a Wonderful Life on the big screen. If you've never seen it on the big screen, you should go. You really, you know, get yourself a big old box of popcorn, get your favorite drink, sit down and enjoy it the way it was supposed to be seen on the big screen. So we'll be, we'll be doing that for you. Today was a big day in Montgomery, Alabama. December 1st, 1955. Heidi, you got any idea what might have happened on this day in 1955? That's a long time ago. I mean, that was only two years after I was born. I mean, come on now. It's old. It's the day that Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama. And she was jailed for refusing to do so. Uh, and uh, she didn't give up her seat on a public bus to a white man. It was, was a violation of the city's racial segregation laws. 
the uh, successful Montgomery bus boycott organized by a young Baptist minister named Martin Luther King filed uh, Park's Historic Act of Civil Disobedience, and some major change came out of such a small thing. I mean, small thing, but big things happen with small steps. Uh, Quote, the mother of the civil rights movement, as Rosa Parks is known, was born in Tuskegee, Alabama in 1913. She worked as a seamstress and in 1943 joined the Montgomery chapter of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored uh, People when it really meant something. And now they stand on, you know, the uh, city hall steps and complain that people that are reporting negative news on the mayor are racist Uh, according to a montgomery city ordinance in 55 african americans were required to sit at the back of public buses and were also obligated to give up those seats to white riders if the front of the bus filled up parks was in the first row of the uh, black uh, section when the white driver demanded that she gave up her seat to a white man, and uh, Park's refusal was spontaneous, but was not merely brought on by her tired feet. Now, that's part of a legend that has grown up uh, to take away the power of this this one seminal uh, moment. Uh, that's not why uh, she uh, would not get up. It was not because her feet were tired. Uh, that has been reported many, many times in history. Uh, In fact, local civil rights leaders had been planning a a challenge to Montgomery's racist uh, bus laws for several months, and Parks had been privy to uh, that discussion. Learning of Parks' arrest, the NAACP and other African-American activists immediately called for a a bus boycott to be held by black citizens on Monday, December 5th. Uh, word was spread by flyers, and activists formed the Montgomery Improvement Association to organize their protest. The uh, first day of the uh, bus boycott was a great success, and uh, that night, the 26-year-old Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. told a large crowd gathered at uh, a church, quote, the great glory of American democracy is the right to protest for right. And uh, King emerged as the leader of the bus boycott, received numerous uh, death threats from opponents of integration, and at one point his home was firebombed, but he and his family escaped any kind of uh, uh, bodily harm. Now, the boycott stretched on for more than a year, and participants carpooled or walked miles to work and a school when no other means was possible. As African-Americans previously constituted 70% of the Montgomery bus ridership, the uh, municipal transit system suffered gravely during the boycott. On November 13, 1956, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down Alabama State and Montgomery City bus uh, segregation laws, as being in violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. On December 20th, King issued the following statement. Let me quote him. 
The year-old protest against city buses is officially called off, and the Negro citizen of Montgomery are urged to return to the buses tomorrow morning on a non-segregated basis. The uh, boycott ended the next day. Rosa Park was among the first to uh, ride the newly desegregated uh, buses. And then Martin Luther King Jr., as you know, and his nonviolent Antifa, are you paying attention? BLM, are you paying attention? And his nonviolent civil rights movement had won its first great victory. There would be many more to come. And... Uh, Great things were going to happen because of that in civil rights. Rosa Parks died October 24, 2005. Three days later, the U.S. Senate passed a resolution to honor Parks by allowing her body to be in honor, laid to be lie in honor at the U.S. Capitol. So, big deal. Big deal. And uh, I remember when she passed away. I remember the big deal that was. And it should have been. It really should have been all right 615 let's take our first break and then uh, i got a lot of stuff to talk about uh elon musk and apple have come to an agreement that's good apple said well we were never going to take you out of the apple store and elon musk said yeah i thought that probably you wouldn't do that but just had to remind you that you don't control uh everything hey don't forget about pat davis want to save some money on health care he can do it for you uh, I know this for a fact because I can tell you this right now. If I wasn't on Medicare, because i got to be on Medicare, that's what the government tells me, uh, bottom line is I'd be talking to Pat Davis because I bet you he could do it better than what Medicare can do it. I mean, if if Congress would talk to people out there that know uh, the business, uh, we could be saving millions of dollars about how much uh, we're spending on health care uh, insurance and uh Pat Davis is going to save you thousands of dollars. He can't save you millions, all right, because you're not a millionaire probably. If you are, he might be able to save you a million. I don't know. But for most of you, he's going to save you a couple thousand, three, maybe $4,000 a year on your health insurance. And uh, they do private health plans. It's a health plan that's custom built just for you and for what you need uh, as far as you and your family uh, is concerned, or just for you if you're by yourself. So give Pat Davis a call or text him at 501-605-6935. That's 501-605-6935. And uh, you can do it uh, on the Internet as well at Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, yourhealthplanman.com. Sad to talk today about a death in Fleetwood Mac, uh, but we have to do that. Christine McVie died yesterday at uh, 79 years old. Doesn't seem possible to me that she was 79 years old, just be honest with you. And uh, during the late 90s, uh, they were huge. I mean, just freaking huge. And at that time, I was playing rock music uh, in, uh, in radio. And uh, you couldn't go an hour without playing probably three Fleetwood Mac songs. Big, 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 big band. No doubt about it. 
So, uh, you know, you got three members, uh, what, four members still left. Uh, Lindsey Buckingham is still alive. Uh, the bassist, McVie, is still alive. Of course, um, the songbird is still alive. And uh, I'm trying to think, Fleet, Mick Fleetwood is still alive. So uh, we'll be hearing about more deaths in the future. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. It is what happens to all of us sooner or later. So it's what we always tell everybody is the great, the great equalizer, is it not? really truly is all right so the bottom line is is that uh, they put out some great music that was one of the songs that she helped write and don't stop which is a great song she was the the lyricist for that she wrote a lot of different uh a lot of different great uh, compositions by the way uh i think her last name her real uh well maybe it was her last name because she was uh, married to the bassist of the group but the bottom line is that she uh, her her real her maiden name was perfect that was her last name perfect and i'd say she was the perfect fit at, uh, for sure uh, with fleetwood mac so anyway we will remember her today and so maybe you should have uh you know if you got uh you know, Sirius or something like that on your radio. I'm sure they've got a Fleetwood Mac tra- channel. And you might want to put it on and just remember all that great music that they used to uh, uh, put together. You know, we talked about this uh, a few uh, weeks ago. Who was going to replace uh, uh, Pelosi as minority leader now? Not as speaker, but as minority leader. And we talked a little bit about would the Democrats moderate their stance in the House after losing power? And I said I didn't think they would. I thought that they would push ahead and uh, and be just as radical and extreme as they have always been. And uh, yesterday they proved that I was right. Uh, they elected Hakeem Jeffers uh, to lead uh, the House Minority um, for the Democrats because Pelosi resigned her office. So Jeffries is going to be the head man now. Uh, The Daily Wire reporting on this saying House Democrats elected New York uh, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, who has repeatedly painted conservatives as racist as their leader, making him the successor to Nancy Pelosi, who led the House Democrats for decades and served as speaker when her party was in the majority. National Review said, uh, Jeffries will be the House minority leader come January when Republicans retake control of the chamber. He said uh, he hopes to find, quote, common ground uh, when possible. Now, how can you find, look, how can you find common ground with a group that you call and paint with a brush as being fundamentally racist i don't think you can find common ground with a racist but uh, that's what what he's going says he's going to try to do when uh, republicans um, oppose uh, their extremism and that's what jeffrey said about republicans that uh, we will oppose their extremism when we must so anyway that's the big news out of out of the Dems. So um, nothing changes. Everything stays the same. 
Uh, Fox News reporting that Twitter owner and CEO Elon Musk acknowledged that prior to his takeover, the, quote, obvious reality was that Twitter has interfered in elections through its content moderation policies. Musk's explosive assertion came in response to uh, comments that were made by uh, Roth, Twitter's former head of trust and safety, who indicated the social media platform was not safer under the Tesla CEO's leadership. Roth was speaking at a Knight Foundation conference Tuesday when he explained why he resigned from Twitter, accusing Musk of running the company like a dictator. Now, wait a second. It seems to me that Twitter was running themselves like a dictatorship. I mean, if you were conservative, they were knocking you off of Twitter left and right. So who was the dictator there? Um, Town Hall reporting... Uh, that most infamously, Twitter banned any mention of Hunter Biden's laptop from hell in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. And by default, they also censored Joe Biden's deep involvement in shady business dealings with foreign adversaries. That from uh, Town Hall, talking about what was going on with Twitter at the time. Uh, They killed that story and would not let it be on uh, a Twitter. So what's this about dictatorships now? Hmm? And over in the European Union, uh, you think they believe in free speech? <laughs> you want to laugh with me? Please laugh with me. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. Reuters reporting this. The European Union has threatened Elon Musk's Twitter with a ban unless the billionaire abides by its strict rules on content moderation, setting up a regulatory battle over the future of the social media platform. EU industry chief uh, Tierney Britton made the threat during a video meeting with uh, Musk on Wednesday. And in the Financial Times reporting, among the EU's demands is that Musk provides clear criteria on which users are at risk of being banned. Musk has reinstated Donald Trump's account. Trump hasn't taken him up on it. After holding a poll of users on whether the former U.S. president should be allowed to return to the site. So the EU now is threatening, saying, if you don't say what we want you to say, we're going to cancel you. Sounds like a real free speech kind of way of of dealing with things, huh? That's that's what what they want you to believe. And not so much, not so much. All right, uh, the big uh, national story. We got through all those other stories for you. This day in history and Christine uh, McVie. Uh, the House passed legislation yesterday to halt the rail strike and send the bill to the Senate. CNBC saying the House passed legislation Wednesday that would force a tentative rail labor agreement and stop a national strike. The bill now goes to the Senate. The House voted 299 to 137, with 79 Republicans joining 211 Democrats to pass the legislation, which approves new contracts providing railroad workers with a 24% pay increase over five years from uh, 2020 through 2024 
immediate payouts were averaging $11,000 upon ratification and an extra day uh, paid day off. Eight Democrats, 129 Republicans voted against the legislation. In a separate 221 to 207 vote, the House also approved a resolution to provide seven days of paid sick leave in the contract instead of one, which is rail workers' main disagreement with the current deal over uh, overall. So uh, that's uh, where you ought to... Looks like no rail strike. You know, the farmers were really against the rail strike, and uh, you may know that the reason that was was because of fertilizer. It's one thing uh, if you got a, a car with a, a bunch of packages on it for Christmas. It's another thing if you got, you know, a big container full of fertilizer because fertilizer is unstable and can could wreak havoc uh, sitting out on the rails. It could explode, literally. So, uh, you know, half of our food supply wouldn't be able to be produced if farmers can't get the necessary fertilizer. All right. Let's get our regular news coming up here at the bottom of the hour, then I'll be back on 1011 FM, The Answer. All right, big things happening over in, in China right now. And uh, that's something to be thinking about uh, and what's going on. Oh, by the way, I'd, since it's a remembrance of Rosa Parks uh, today in the Civil Rights Movement back in uh, 1955, um, AOC posted. Uh, some uh, audio uh, to uh, and video to her uh, her uh, Twitter account, and I wanted to play that for you. We got that ready uh, for her. Okay, we do have it ready. Is okay, and so we want to make sure that we play that for you, so you know about it. Uh, I want you to hear what she has to say about racism today. But before we do that, let me remind you that PI Roofing is ready to take care of your roof and take care of any. Um, you know, small construction jobs you might have around your home. Well, you know, fixing up the deck, things of that nature. I mean, look, they're not going to be building a home, uh, but I don't know. Maybe they would if you asked them to. But uh, they're there to fill in for all the big construction companies that uh, don't do uh, the little jobs. You call them and they kind of laugh at you and say, you know, we got bigger fish to fry. And so they turn that over to people that are quality uh, people, quality workers like uh, the good folks at PI Roofing. To use PI Roofing for whether it's a roof or whether it's for other kinds of work around your house, you call 501-707-3115. That's 501-707-3115. They are the folks that I use. I'm using, I've used them already for my roof twice, and um, I'm talking to them now about springtime, taking care of uh, my deck and and repairing it. So you do the you do the right thing too. Use the people who are uh, the professionals. That's uh, PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Just PI Roofing on the internet. PI Roofing dot com. All right. So here's what AOC. She's I don't know if this is with her husband or just some other guy. It didn't identify the guy. Here's what they were talking about racism. Riley, what has been helpful to you in combating racism? Uh, I think it's helpful and important to talk to other white people about racism. And I think a lot of people 
they don't want to be racist. They don't think that they're racist, but they also don't know some of the things that they believe or say are and can be racist. And I think one of the like effective ways is just to talk and kind of help teach them about why some of the things they believe or say or think are wrong, not necessarily racist, but that they're wrong. And that'll sort of like chip away and, you know, contribute to some development in this area, but not necessarily take somebody from like being a racist to not being a racist in one conversation. And it's just always being open to learning about racist things that we may have said or done without judgment and defensiveness. So if you want to learn how not to be a racist, talk to white people. She makes me laugh. She really does. And Riley, is that her husband? Is Riley her husband? I'll have to look that up. But anyway, I'm just telling you, just listening to that cracks me up. Well, you you know, you may not be a racist, but then maybe you are, you know. If you really want to know if you are or you aren't, what you need to do is talk to your other white friends. Okay. All right. I'll go along with that, I guess. All right, uh, 20 minutes till 7. I had to play that for you. It's just a fun piece of audio to hear in the morning. Want to put a smile on your face. All right. China is set to announce in the coming days an easing of its COVID-19 quarantine protocols and a reduction in mass testing. Have you been hearing what they're doing over in China? Did you have you heard about this? You let's say you live in one of those high-rise apartment buildings. Uh, you know, you get uh, two square feet to live in. No, it's bigger than that, but not much. Uh, and uh, to keep the people from getting out of the uh, apartment building and spreading the contagion of COVID nineteen, uh, they weld the doors shut or nail them shut or whatever they got to do. Uh, to keep the people in 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 the room, uh, you know they, they can't. They know people want to know what's going on with the World Cup, so they're showing the World Cup. But when they show uh, pictures of the crowd from a distance, they blur them. Now, why would they do that? Because it doesn't look good when you're saying that COVID nineteen is ravaging the world. And nobody's wearing a mask in the crowd. So they won't show people up close that they're not wearing masks because the people, they don't want the people in China to, to say, look and go, what's, what's different about that picture? What, what's, what's, he doesn't have, or she doesn't have a mask on. Why are we wearing masks? They don't want those questions asked. Just telling you, don't want them, want them asked. Authorities have been trying to stamp out the demonstrations and vigils that have spread across the country within the last week. Police have reportedly shown up at homes in the middle of the night, stopped individuals, and searched their phones for banned apps and summoned people for questioning at police stations. Now, this is what dif- is different than, about, what was it, 83 t- uh, Tiananmen Square that happened? Uh, and back then, you know, they... They shot all those people in the square, and then they arrested the people that were out on the street. Well, they're not doing those mask, those mass uh, arrests right now in China. And why is that? Why are we not seeing those mass arrests? Let me turn to my two colleagues in the other studio.
and ask him, hey, Aaron, let me ask Aaron a question here. Aaron, let me ask you a question. What's different in China right now from China back in 1983 when Tiananmen – you know what Tiananmen Square was, right? When they squashed the uh, the students who were protesting in China, you know, ran them over with tanks and stuff. Uh, why and what uh, is different now so we're not seeing mass uh, incarcerations on television every any, every night? Either one of you have an, an idea what's the big difference here? Everybody has a cell phone. So they know who you are. They know where you're at. And they just come and get you in the middle of the night now. So, you know, everybody goes to bed. They wake up in the morning. Hey, where's John? Well, I don't know what. Where's Wong? And everybody goes, he's just not around anymore. Yeah, he's he's at a re-education camp somewhere or whatever. That's the difference. Use that tier in this country, too, you know. So I'll keep that in mind. The Washington Post reporting that since the uh, protest started in response to a deadly apartment building fire last week, you did hear about that. We talked about it. But they, they had those people locked up in their apartment building, and it caught fire. Nobody got out. There was at least uh, there was a lot of people that was died. There was at least 10. Uh, police tracked down an unknown number of demonstrators and advised them not to attend any more such gatherings. I mean, if you look, everybody, there's all these people that are worried about, um, you know, I want to have uh, some privacy. Then throw away that phone. If you were because if you got that phone on you, they know where you're at and they can listen in on you. I mean, look, we. We talk about all the different apps that you got on your phone from time to time, and that's a good app, and that's not such a good app. And uh, then, then you get like uh, two thirds of people who own phones in the United States have TikTok on their phones. And do you know how much data that they they uh, sweep up and keep everything? Do you know they can count, they they know exactly all the keystrokes that you make on your keypad? Yeah, they know all of that. Uh, they can literally, if they if they wanted to, uh, if they were paying attention, they could watch as you typed in all of your passwords and everything to any of your banking accounts or financial records, and they would have it. It would be theirs. I wonder how much. I wonder if they could do a really quick run on the banks or something like that by uh, accessing that information. The tried-and-true tactics range from the most brutal to the less discernible applied to people based on their circumstances, says a China researcher for Human Rights Watch. The authorities have already resorted to harassment and intimidation of those who went to the protest scenes. In the cities of Guangzhou and Chongqing, uh, announced an easing of COVID-19 restrictions on Wednesday, a day after protests in southern Guangzhou. Uh, people clashed with police. And the next day, they started, you know, easing the COVID-19 restrictions. The uh, protests have become a show of public defiance, unprecedented since uh, Xing has resumed power or assumed power in 2012. So we'll talk a little bit more about this in just a moment. 
what it's like to live in a uh, you know 1984 style country. We'll get back to that here in, in just a moment. Let me remind you, though, before we get to, to some other uh, commercials that we have to play to keep the lights on here. Uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry wants you to know they're open every day, Monday through Saturday, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and you can go over and get that special piece of jewelry that uh, maybe your significant other wants, whether it be a a ring, a necklace, a bracelet, an anklet, a pen, a brooch. They've got all of those things for you. And uh, they're the highest quality uh, materials uh, that you can pick up on. Uh, large display cases over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Uh, talk to Eric Coleman. He'll help you out uh, with your selection. You just kind of give uh, him some hints and kind of lean him one way or another, and he'll find the thing that, the piece of jewelry, the piece of art, the piece of beauty, uh, that your special someone would really, really appreciate. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry at 3000 Cavanaugh, Suite E. Again, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. If you do want to call them, 501-246-3655. And uh, Eric Coleman, over 40 years of experience as a jeweler and been in the Little Rock area for years and uh, offering you the kind of jewelry you want for that special someone. Now you got about nine minutes here for the rest of this hour. Next hour, of course, Joe and Duck will be here. They'll be talking about cars. I want to talk to him specifically. Have you been checking out the 2023 uh, SUV models out there? It's amazing what they got in the SUVs now. Uh, even the Kias, you know, which you know are, uh, you know, the, some of the cheapest cars out there have uh, recliners in the back. Uh, for your passengers and stuff. We're going to talk about all of that and uh, and how it is uh, for folks buying uh, SUVs this year. Uh, the reported arrest of a Western journalist this week uh, covering demonstrations against the government in China has highlighted the country's effort to suppress independent reporting and control the narrative about what is happening within its borders. Uh, with state-controlled media in China largely ignoring the protests. Let me read that first few words for you again. With state-controlled media in China largely ignoring the uh, protests. State-controlled media. That's why a free press is so important. So hopefully uh, you'll have an idea about really what's going on in that country. Um even here in our country, that can be a problem when you've got uh, media that's not state-controlled that uh, are playing a, a game of we're only going to report about one particular party. But uh, a handful of independent and international news organizations have been providing the majority of the reporting from the ground. Experts say China's efforts to spread propaganda and fight against the critical international press coverage shows how important media messaging is to the larger agenda of one of the world's largest superpowers and a leading U.S. foreign adversary. I mean, seriously, in China, you got 1984 big time there. You know, Ministry of Truth, 
and all the rest. I mean, that's what you got going down over there. And now that everybody's got a cell phone, they can find out who the dissidents are, and you don't have to be in front of a TV camera as you arrest them. Uh, you just write down their name, their address, and their uh, um, ne- their necessary information, and then uh, you know the uh, uh, the boots, you know, wearing thugs show up uh, late uh, at night and uh, it escorts you to the nearest uh, camp where you can be re-educated and uh, told what you're supposed to believe and what you're not supposed to believe. And uh, that's what's going on over over there. Uh, so we'll be happy that we got at least a modicum of, uh, f- of some free uh, press. But it also goes to show you how important it is uh, for these governments uh, to control the narrative on television. I mean, that's a lot of people get their their information still off of TV. You know, we talk about Fox and MSNBC and some of the other uh, cable uh, news organizations. And while they got millions of viewers, well, they got, you know, a few million viewers, uh, not like uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, the big three, who have multiple millions of view- viewers and uh, people still getting the majority of their um, uh, information from the big three, all right, on television at night. People sit down and watch it and check it out. All right, so, uh, you know, what are some of the other things that are going on? That's about it. Yeah, we can report that former President Clinton has covid he caught it. He's got it. And uh, not hearing about, you know, oxygen masks or anything like that because the variant that's out there now is not as dangerous as the very first variant uh, that showed up a couple of years ago and that was, you know, killing people left and right. Uh, that's not happening now with uh, this new variant. So, uh, you know, he's probably been told to stay at home. Uh, and and not uh, you know not push it because you know he, he's not young anymore. He's seventy six. He announced yesterday he tested positive for COVID nineteen with manageable symptoms. "Quote: I'm doing fine overall, and keeping myself busy at home. I'm grateful to be vaccinated and boosted, which has kept my case mild. And I urge everyone to do the same, especially as we move." into the winter months. Now, why is that important? Because in the winter months, most of us uh, congregate indoors. That's what we do. And uh, you might be, you might get, uh, you might get something, flu, one of those upper respiratory uh, diseases, etc. And that upper respiratory stuff is pretty nasty, I'm hearing. Uh, I've got a grandson uh, that has missed a week and a half of school. Because they don't want him to be in school if he's, you know, coughing and a hacking and all of that. So he's staying home. And, and he's not liking it because he likes school. You know what he really likes about school? Because he gets to see his friends. Now he doesn't get to see his friends and gets to play with them at, at uh, recess time and stuff. And you now he's uh, kind of bummed out about it all. Uh, my wife is kind of taking up the slack on that. 
she talks to him probably three times a day. He calls her, FaceTimes with her. And, uh, you know, and those FaceTimes usually go somewhere around, you know, anywhere from uh, 35 to 55 minutes long. He sure likes to talk to his Nana. That's all I know. Nana likes to talk to him, too. So bottom line is, uh, you know, keep yourself uh, safe as possible. My good old friend, uh, Tony uh, uh, Yamamichi, used to say, don't shake hands during the time of flu. Fist bumps or elbow bumps. Elbow bumps being the preferable one. And what was his other thing that he said all the time? Come on, you remember. Wash your hands. Wash your hands a lot. Go, he said that goes a long way to you not catching uh, the flu or one of these upper respiratory or COVID-19. All right, time for me to get out of here. We've basically got you up to date. If you hit, get to the water cooler today, you'll have some things to talk about. Christine McVie and all the rest. Uh, you can talk about it. Rosa Parks, all of that. So uh, I'll be back with Joe and Duck, and we're going to talk about SUVs. And the 2023 models are loaded out, and even the cheap models, cheap price models, have very cool features uh, that you'll like to have. So Dave Ellswick Show, stick around. we got more coming your way. for you here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Now, how would have I done that back in the day? Uh, Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. <laughs> Can I say? Anyway, um, that's the way everybody talked on the radio back when that was a big song. Yeah. Just so you know, you always had, you had, for my, my fellow broadcasters, they wouldn't know this. We used to call that puking. <laughs> That's what that was called, puking. Hey, what's happening out there? <laughs> Good to have you back with the second hour of the show today. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. Well, 7.07. And I'm sitting here looking across at Joe and at Duck. And uh, Joe was gone just a couple weeks ago out to Vegas where they were showing all the newest and best and cool stuff that were coming into cars. What? But they figure, what, over the next two f- to five years or whatever? I'm sure, yeah. Okay. You know, it, 
you look at a lot of things they have you know prototypes out there and 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 things they got planned and then you know a lot of that stuff will be applicable and they'll use it but some of it is just kind of way out there you know but way out they'll they'll let they'll do it and then they'll see how the people respond to it and if it don't go that well or they have issues with it then they won't do it no more so you'll have some vehicles where they're kind of experimenting what folks like and don't like you know well, a couple of years ago, I think I was talking to you guys about it. I was talking about how SUVs, the big change was how they how they were inside. Um, and the, the really uh, rich models, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know. The, the, the Nolly models yeah, and stuff like Mercedes that. Mercedes and that had, uh, you know, reclining rear seats and all kinds of stuff. I saw it for 2023. The uh, I, I would say around thirty four thousand dollar Kia SUV reclining seats in back, all of them have heat and air conditioning mm-hmm. in the seats, so you, they're not hot, they're not cold, and I was like, wow, that really came fast that they moved that stuff through the all all the the cars that quickly. Yeah, you know, they've had uh, heated seats for the front for a long time. Yeah. They've had air-conditioned, cooled seats, uh, you know, since 2010, 11, 12, 13 for the front seats. Yep. And they've had uh, uh, heated steering wheels. Yeah, Yeah. cool steering wheels. And that's what I'm talking about. And so now they've done everything they can in the two front seats, and now they're moving to the back seats. Yeah, now it's moving back. (laughs) I just just looked at that. The back of the bus is getting better, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can get back there and put your feet out. And, boy, you're talking about sleeping in the back all the time. Mm -hmm. You could really sleep in the back. You put your feet up and put the back of the seat back a little bit. You'd be out. You wake up and you're 500 miles down the road somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Without well, any trouble, Dave. And uh, that's like my right seat and the left seat both on the front. They'll lay all the way down, and you can stretch all the way out on them. Steering wheel will pull I, up out of the way. And, yeah, well, I don't mind the right side, the passenger side. Got a little bit of a problem with the drivers being able to put their seats all the way back. Because now you can put your car on. Joe was talking this before we went on the air. And you can put it on, you know, cruise and and put it on drive itself, basically. Well, it's driver assist. It's not it's not autonomous yet because it requires you every once in a while to touch the steering wheel so it knows that you're still there and awake. You're not asleep. I will not let you tell that story about how the guy <laughs> told you you could get around that. Well, that you know, everybody would have a field day with that one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We'd probably get a call from the state police. I'm just telling you. Yeah, mine. It, it'll tell you. Uh, the the woman, whoever she is, comes on, touch steering wheel, touch steering wheel, until you touch it. Does she change? Does she does she change the way she says it? Mm-mm. She just <laughs> says touch steering wheel. <laughs> I I was in there uh, yesterday looking at my phone and I found something about uh, these new tires and what you know the the airless tires. The airless tires. Okay. Yeah. You know they they've been on equipment for a long time. They've been on equipment for. Yeah, seven, right. eight years or, now. The ones that are out there getting the coal and all of that, yeah. those big, big trucks that they and got. And the one that's running the steel mills and places like that. But I had stumbled up on something yesterday, and I thought I took a picture of it, that Cadillac is going to come out in 2024 uh, 
some of the higher dollar Cadillacs with the airless tires on it. But That's two years from now, folks. But I can't find it. I don't know where it is. I thought I took a picture, but I guess I didn't. Now, we've been talking about, you know, oil has undergone changes. Uh, uh, now that they do electric cars, they've gotten away from the old rack and pinion steering and all of that. So they got all new stuff for stopping and and turning and, and all of that. And tires is, are making an a, a evolutionary change now, too? Sure. Yeah. No no air in them. Yeah. No air in them. And <coughs> instead of going out and buying a new set of tires for, like, winter, like they do up north, they're not going to have to do it. You buy new tread. Yeah. You just put new tread on it. That's crazy. But, it, you know, um, they got some stuff, too, Dave, called run flat. I mean, Joe knows it, and I know it. uh well, they've had the thing where if you get a hole in your in your tire, if it's not up on the uh, the high side of the of the tire on the on the side of it, they don't have any problem at all. It seals you know seals itself. My Polaris, when in, when I'm up there deer hunting, every morning I get up used to it, I'd go out there and air the tires up because thorns is up north. I mean, we got thorns big as your little finger. Yeah, and. Uh, I kept bringing them in to Brad over at Looney's and told him, I said, Brad, is there not something you can put in there to stop this? He said, yeah, I got some, it, something like green slime, but it's not green. It's what the military uses. And, green uh, slime. But uh, <laughs> about about once a year, I had to put a little air in them. But you can stick a drill in it, pull a drill out, and it goes. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. If you get that and you put it in the tire, <clears throat> and you do get a flat tire, or you're going to change tires, Tell the people who are changing your tires that you've got that in the tire, because I hear that that slimy stuff is not the most. I asked Brad fun about that. What if I want to with. put tires on it? Mm-hmm. He said, "This stuff here don't stick to the rim; it only sticks to the rubber." Oh, okay. It's what the military uses. So, but that's been in there. They've been in there now for four or five years, and I ain't had a, I ain't got up and had a flat yet. I think Bridgestone was one of the first tire makers that were advertising that. Remember, they used to shoot an arrow into the mm-hmm. tire, and then it would break off and drive for another thousand miles. You know. Well, I, I think on your run flat tires, it's about uh, fifty seventy five miles the safest you can drive. Yeah, no, it, it's going it, to. And and when that happens, depending on where your puncture is. Sometimes the tire is still ruined, Dave. It just keeps you from having yeah. to immediately stop. But you have to eventually stop and repair it. It's not going to seal itself up and you just drive it forever. That don't happen. Until they get nanotechnology like the Terminator well, hand. They get, if they get airless tires, you know, most, most tires that are, have punctures in them can be sealed, plugged, patched, whatever you need to do. As long as it's not in the sidewall. Yeah. When it gets in the sidewall, tires junk. Yeah, you can't do nothing. Is with that it. why? Is it because the, the of the flex in the sidewall? Yes. Yes. Okay. The sidewall flexes, and if it flexes, you can't put anything, a patch or anything, on the inside that'll flex with it, that'll stick to it, because <coughs> the te- temp- difference in temperatures from a hot tire, a cold tire, and the twisting and the turning and the weight shifting back and forth, and it just won't stay on there. It's going to come off and. Yeah, if you can ever get on Google and Google that and watch a tire, a video of a tire as it's on a test track or something, you'd be surprised at what your tire goes through. Well, mm-hmm. the other thing too, Dave, look at a drag racer, a quarter mile drag racer, eighth mile. Them tires are real wide until he stands up in it and they stand straight up and they get real narrow. 
Well, yeah, that's a centrifugal force. Yeah, it's just you know, but that tells you there, you know, you're running eighty mile an hour down here. Oh, excuse me, seventy five mile an hour down the interstate. If you're following the law, yeah, and you know, but the tars, you know, they're they're hot, you know, and it don't matter if it's in the wintertime, does it, Joe? They they still going to get hot. Well, tires it rolls, it flexes, so yeah, it generates heat, but. You know, centrifugal force is a big thing, Duck, because uh, as the tire rolls, the faster it rolls, the taller it, it gets. gets. So the bolt, the belts and the cords and the way the car, the tire is built and structured and designed, it has to have that flex in it. So if you have one that uh, has got low air pressure, the sidewall will actually melt in the tire. It'll melt inside the tire. And a lot of times they'll come in and say, well, it's got a, got a leak here, but, you know. And, you know, Joe's Garage is located right there beside the freeway. Yeah, you get a lot of it. I get a lot of freeway traffic over there for, you know, my tire light come on and come on like back two, three miles ago. And I Googled, and you're the first shop right here, so they got off. We'll pull it off, bust it down. Tire's junk. It run too long on low air pressure. And, and what happens with that? Each the sidewall side flexes too much creates too much heat and it actually melts the rubber on the inside really when you bust that tire down you take it and you break the bead down on it take it off you can get two handfuls double handfuls of rubber out of it because it's it's got so hot in there that the tire's coming apart isn't like, this an amazing show heidi i learn things all the time it'll be like little beads in a day that's, it. <clears throat> that's it, really interesting just uh but, you know, and then you'll see a tar, you know, we, I get somebody come in and say, hey, i got something wrong with my, my car. It's it's shaking real bad. And you'll jack it up and look and start rolling the tar, and one of the tread looks like a snake going down the road. Yeah. It's, it's, and most most time that's because it's the tar is out of date. Oh, really? And the rubber's coming apart. Yeah, that's something that we've talked about, and let's talk about it again. It's not just how far you've driven on the tire. It's how old the tire is as well, correct? Absolutely. I would say tires aging out is, is one of the biggest things. Let's, let's just say if you, if you buy a tire and you, you go in there and you say, hey, I want, I want, I want a tire that lasts 90,000 miles. You can buy that. You can buy them at 70,000 or 60 or 50 or 40. But let's talk a little bit about that how do they make a tire mass same manufacturer make one last ninety thousand miles and you can buy the same tire from that manufacturer they only go forty thousand miles yeah what's so what's the what's the difference in the mixture of the rubber the compound of the rubber that rubber is harder on the one that lasts longer and it's softer on the one that doesn't last that long but there's a grip issue the harder the rubber in wet weather the less grip you have and in, in, in wet weather, with soft rubber, the more grip you have. But that's why that tire doesn't last as long. It's got more grip, but the rubber well wears out quicker. Yeah, that's why I found that if I buy a tire that gets more than 60,000 miles a mm-hmm. year, 60,000 for its life, uh, it if you're out driving on a wet highway, you can feel yourself slip. Well, you know, rounding a corner, accelerating, yeah. going up a hill or whatever. I'm saying you can feel it. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. What would you do, all right, so when a customer comes in and says, hey, I need a new set of tires, and, and I look at the tires and I say, well, the ones that are on there, and they, and they said that the tread looks good on them, but they're just real old. Mm-hmm. You go out there and look at it, and they're six, seven years old. They're aged out, which means the rubber's dried out, and it's, it can separate from the belts and the cords and just come apart. Weather cracked. 
Mm-hmm. You look at it and you say, all right, when you look at the car and say, well, the car don't have but 40,000 miles on it. It's the first set of tires for it. Yep. But it's not because the treads wore out. Nope. It's because the tires are old. So why would you sell a customer like that a 90,000-mile tire? He's got a five-year-old car, and he's only put 50,000 miles. He drives 10,000 miles a year. In five years, his tires are going to be aged out. He needs a 50,000-mile tire. And you'll get a better ride out of it. A better ride, more traction, and you won't be wasting money on something that you're never going to get to use because the tires you aged out before the, the miles did. Yep, yeah, you it. never get all the use out of it. That's right. All right. We got more to tell you about as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer, and Joe and Duck are in, and... There are uh, our guys uh, for uh, cars, trucks, uh, pickup trucks, you you name it. They can talk about it. You can ask your questions at 501-823-0965. East End Towing wants you to know if one of those tires give up to ghosts while you're on the road and you're on the right-hand side on the, on the shoulder, they can handle any of the problems that you have. All you got to do is give them a call. Uh, East End Towing at 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. You know, what happens to that car, that boat, that truck, that camper? They know. They know where, well, they'll know where you want to take it to, and they'll take it there if you ask them to. Keep that in mind as well. That's East End Towing. Again, 501-888-8849. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, let's talk about a car, uh, a brand, a model that uh, was out that I haven't heard even mentioned in a long time. I mean, when they were even being made, I didn't hear them mentioned very often. A 2001 Mercury Sable. Uh, this is an LS, six-cylinder, three-liter motor, and here's what it says about it. Got this 2001 Mercury Sable with a coolant leak where it drops to the ground, is under the passenger seat, and it only happens when the car is turned off after driving for a while. Uh, The next day, the coolant reservoir is empty, and I need to add water to it. Now, there's a couple things on this. I want to know what he means about under the passenger seat. Is he saying under the passenger seat in the car? No. Or if you look underneath the car by where the passenger seat would be sitting. Is yeah, it's underneath the car. Okay. Right at the far wall. So they're having some problems with it. What could be causing this, guys? Heater core. Okay. It's running out the AC drain. Ah, okay. And that's where the AC drain is, right there at your feet. You know, that's... The place where when you're driving and it's hot outside and you pull up on your you uh, see the water your, run out. Yeah, you, know, you pull up on your driveway and it looks like your car's taking a leak while you're pulling in the garage. That's but Dave, that we're talking about. That that little job is expensive, ain't it, Joe? Uh, it's probably going to cost almost as much as what the car's worth to fix it. Yeah, really? Yeah, yes. it's a eleven twelve hundred dollar repair. Wow! Yes. You yeah. start back behind the seat. And work your way forward. Holy cow! Oh yeah, they hang they hang the heater core on a string and build a car around it. <laughs> yeah, you can pull a dash out of it, and you know it's. And when uh, you pull it, you're gonna put a, 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 a evaporator evaporator core, core in it. Yeah. Oh, it needs everything, is what you're saying. Then. Well, well it's, and then it's a lot of labor. Job, you know, it's nine ten hour job. Yeah. Oh, is it all day job? At, oh, mm-hmm. a day and a little next day. Oh my, 
you got to pull the whole dash all you know if it's a bucket seat you got to pull all the console, console everything yep. all the way up you got to set the whole dash out in the floor <coughs> then you got to get the heater box out and tear it all apart then put the heater core in it plus evaporator core and put it all back together so when you think it's going to be an expensive job normally you're you're thinking transmission with this car it's heater core yeah well with the leak they're talking about you know you drive a car when the engine gets hot the coolant gets warm it starts to expand so that creates pressure then if you park the car and you got a small leak in the heater core and it sets there when that engine stops running that heat in that engine rises if you sit there with your key turned on in a car, it's got a temperature gauge, it's reading normal. Shut that car off and turn the key back on and watch that temperature gauge. It'll slightly rise real slow yeah. because you're not cooling it no more. So the water that's in the engine that's hot, it's in that hot engine. It gets a little bit hotter, and then it'll stop, and then it'll start cooling back down. But when it temperature rises up above the normal operating temp, the heater core is leaking a little bit, and that pressure is what pushes that cooling out, and it leaks out the AC drain. That's why generally he'll shut it off and let it sit. There's a big puddle and raise the hood and the coolant reservoir is low, right? Doc? Yep. And that's when you, you know, it needs a heater core. In. So now you got to make up your mind. Do you want a new heater core? And then how many years you got to continue owning the car to pay for it? Well, I guess I'd say it, it's a good anywhere from 1000 to $1,300 job. And then you got to look at the uh, what, what kind of condition the, the car's in. Other than, uh, you know, just that, is it, is it worth fixing? Is it low mileage? Is it uh, been taken care of? What's the motor, transmission, and the rest of the car? Yeah. What kind of condition is it in, right? Because you spend, you spend $1,300 on a heater core, you're going to have to drive it a little bit. You know, then if the transmission's weak or the motor's weak or the rear end's weak or whatever, I mean, you know. Adds up real fast. Yes, it does. You know, and then you get more money, and then you sure enough got to drive it for three or four or five years. And then, can you even find the parts? Oh, yeah. Well. Now, these parts are available still there. Yeah, you still get them. Yeah. Even though I got Today, a Mac. Today, I don't know about next week. <laughs> I got a 94 model Mac. I need a, it's a, it's an E7 Mac motor in it, and I need an intake rocker for it. And I looked yesterday for about four hours and never did find one. So, when I leave here, I'm going to Little Rock Truck Parts and see if he's got one. He'll look and see what he can find. He's huh? got all kind of used, you know. He he salvages trucks out. Oh, okay. And he's got all kinds. I just have to go out there and dig in the box until I find what I want. Because sometimes you can't even find it with bumper to bumper. Isn't that right, guys? You can't find it with With anybody. That's what I'm saying. I mean, when you need a part, bumper to bumper is the place that these guys turn true. Why? Because you're going to get a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on the part. Or if they use a, you happen to use a bumper-to-bumper credit card, you're going to get a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on that part. Well, you know, parts in the, our supply chain, everybody knows that, you know, sometimes you go in a grocery store and the, the, the shelves are full. Sometimes you go in there and they're not so full. And it's not the store's fault. They just can't get the – and it's the same thing with parts, too. You know, you got vendors, manufacturers, and they ship it and it don't get here. And then what you have in stock runs out, but you're waiting on the next one. So most of the time, if we have an issue with a part, if it's not some kind of electrical component like a PCM or something, we usually get it within a day or so. All right. That's bumper to bumper. Bill O'Reilly's up next. All right. It's about... uh 
24 minutes before 8 o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, Joe and Duck are here. You got a question about your car? You got a problem with it? It's uh, 501 823 You call that number, you can talk directly to the guys, and they'll tell you what uh, it might uh, take to fix it. Now, it could be that there's several different things that might need to be checked, and that means they're going to say, bring it in, and we'll scan it. And I've had people write to me and say, well, I could do that, Dave. You could have me on, and I could tell people just bring it in and scan it. And I write back to them. I said, yeah, but I know that if I send them to the to duck and to to joe uh they'll be able to fix it after they scan it well that's the big deal you know anybody can scan a car anybody can get a code out of it can't they duck oh yeah you, you know you can't got, do I got these it. apps on your phone now you plug in a dog on it talk to your phone yeah you know but the point is a, a code doesn't tell you what's wrong with it it tells you where the vehicle's detected a problem then you actually have to diagnose what that problem is. And you may have four or five codes in it, but you only got one that's causing you problem. That's right. And you got and if you, you got to sit down and figure out, okay, I know this is going to cause this, and I know this is going to cause this. Then you get down to the original code that probably set first. Then that's when you go to make any repairs. So does the, do the code show you a time hack as well? So you know which one set first? Big trucks does cars not so much yeah i mean you can you can get some freeze frame data yeah. and decipher that but you got to have a a real scanner you can't use a code reader yeah. to get that you got to have a fifteen thousand dollar scanner to do that yeah. you mean i can't just plug it into my no old uh, cigarette lighter no, no. <laughs> let's just talk just a minute about what duck said about multiple codes okay all right look here you got an engine that's got a timing chain in it, and the chain is stretched out from age, and it sets a code for a cam crank correlation error, okay? And that makes the valves out of time, all right? Now, is it out of, is that sink out because the chain is stretched? Is it out because the phaser's not working? Is it out because the solenoids are not, not working? working? How many of these we see that sets that code? A, a VVT code, and you'll check the oil on it, and it don't touch a stick. Nope. You have to change the oil and filter on it and go drive it and clear those out. But when it sets those codes originally, it'll set like seven or eight codes in there because the engine is not running right. Mm-hmm. You'll have misfire codes, random misfire codes. You'll have performance issues. You'll have fuel trim issues. Transmission shipping issues. Exactly. So what do you do to fix that? You actually have to test it, Dave. You can't just say, well, I'm going to put a timing chain in it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Or I'm in a lot of places, especially manufacturers and chain places, you know what they say? Put it all in there. We're guaranteed to fix it. Well, you got an $8,000 bill. Yep. Well, how do you need trouble? Now, wait a second. You mean I can't just put an oxygen sensor in? No. Well, you can put one in there. I don't know if it'll fix it or not. I, I got people all the time, Dave. They'll come by the shop. I've been up and had my scan, and they say I need a, the upstream oxygen sensor. No, that's not what's wrong. But with a handheld scanner, I mean the reader, that's what it tells you that you got an oxygen sensor because it's done leaned out and or reached out, and you know you got to look at all the information. I got to think some of those parts stores stay in business 
selling oxygen sensors. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, they have a they have a program now. A couple of them do where they read that code and then they go over there to uh, a, a program. They have a fix it program, and it'll bring up the percentages of with that code. Eighty percent of the be. problems been fixed with this part. Oh, okay. Okay, or sixty percent of the problems, or fifty percent of the time. That's them telling you. We don't know if this will fix it or not, but we can sell you that part. Or if if you get an oxygen sensor and it says the heater's not working, okay, you need an oxygen sensor. As long as it's got twelve volts down yeah, there. As long as it's got the twelve volts down there and it's not working, okay, put oxygen sensor in. But if it comes up and said it's not switching, it's not switching for a reason because it's got other problems. Most of the time, occasionally you'll have an O2 that's got a chunk of carbon hung, hung in, up it, in it, but or it's got something internally wrong with it. But that's that's not very often that no. you have a, just a bad O2. It's generally a fuel management situation, or like Doug said, a heater issue. If it's not the circuit and the circuit's good, the O2 is bad for sure. Okay. Well, that's the difference between we working was, on a car and fixing a car. We was that's talking it. about Cadillac converters. Yep. You know, we got a Ford truck that. Had an injector went down, and the mm-hmm. guy kept driving it, and it melted them and run them back in the exhaust, back into the muffler. Yeah. So I got cats ordered. I ain't got them yet, but I got them coming. They should be here today. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a two or three thousand dollar fix time I get through it because I fixed the problem with the injector, but now we got to got to repair all the exhaust. No, right. you got so cause that, and effect. So you got to cause, fix, yeah, and the work three C's. on the effect. Right. This one here with Ronnie, read yeah, that one, Dave. Okay, yeah, yeah that, I was just going to do it. My, I took my car to a repair shop because the check engine light came on. They checked it, and it was the catalytic converter. They uh, charged uh, $1,134.74 for everything. On my receipt, it also says two parts. Direct fit converter and oxygen sensor. Looking up online, it should cost no more than $300 for both those parts. But on my receipt, they charged $877 just for the parts. Man, did I get ripped off? Well, and we, we talk converters. We do it all yep. the time. Now, this specifically states a direct fit. fit converter. That means it'll it's an exact fit to what came on that car when it was built. If you put anything else on it, like a universal converter, something like that, it may not be adequate for your car, or it could be more than what your car needs. Now, if you want to keep a CAD efficiency code out of there, yes. you need to go back with the direct fit, and the direct fit converters cost more. Yep. Plus... These parts don't put themselves on. And number two, he didn't buy those parts from the parts store. Mm-hmm. He bought them from the installer. Yeah. And there's a markup there. We don't stay in business. We don't go down there to bumper to bumper and buy a part from them. Then turn around and sell it to you for the same price, Dave. It don't happen. Now we'll be what? out of business. Yeah. <laughs> it don't happen. But, but another thing, too, uh, Joe, that's a 1.5. Yeah. That kind of converter is made into the exhaust manifold. That's it. Most of them, you have to so bolt on there. it's more complex. And, and you yeah. know, he, he can he can look up and say whatever he wants, but he's not working on the car. And, and I'm not trying to berate him or anything like that, but we get customers in all the time that will say, you got your part numbers on, our, on your invoice, and they've picked their car up and they've paid their bill. They've went home. 
two days later, they're back. I want to know why you charge me this for that part when I called over there and I can buy it for this. Mm-hmm. I said, well, did you know what part to buy? Number one. Number two, are you capable of installing it? And number three, you didn't buy that part from them. You bought it from me. Right. I'm the one warranting it now. I'm the one who bought yeah. it from them, and then I'm warranting it so I can sell it to you. That's correct. And in turn, they're warranting it to me, parts and labor. If you go over and buy that part and you put it on and there's a problem, you'll have to take it back to them. They'll warranty the part to you, but they're not going to pay you any labor. Yeah. If you buy it from us, labor and part is under that's warranty. Right. Bumper to bumper says we'll pay for the labor to put it back in. Well, that's because we don't put on parts that generally that cars don't need. Right. <laughs> that's kind of interesting, though, about the catalytic converter, that whole thing about it's a direct fit converter. Yep. It's, it's, is that what you should ask for? Yes. Okay. Now, some of the direct fits right now you can't get. Yeah, they have, they have stole so many of them. I have uh, CareLink uh, folks at my, my shop, and uh, we did one earlier this week, Ford van, like a bus. Uh-huh. Stole converters off of We replaced them. He said, when I drop, when I pick that one up, I'm dropping another one off. When you get through with it, I'm dropping another one off. Did all three of them. And we're putting the cat clamps on them, the anti-theft device. And we've never had anybody come back and say, hey, you put that theft device on there, and they stole it anyway. I got, it ain't happening. I got one customer. I'm, we're on a third go-around on 13 buses. Yeah. I'm and telling I you. I tried after the first time. Fitting, let me fix in all of them again? Oh, yeah. We're on a third go-around. They got them all wow. over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I tried to, the first time and the second time. Let me put clamps on them. Nope, nope. But they go through ARI, which is now... Holloman or something other, but this time, okay, go ahead and put them on. Yeah. But we done stowed enough off of them that we could have covered them on the first time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's pitiful. I mean, the amount of catheter converters are being stolen, and if there wasn't any market to sell them, nobody would steal one. Yeah, they would be worth nothing. Yeah, there's somebody buying them out there Absolutely. and then selling them back to, but Dave, to the customer. You sure. can walk up to the car on your phone and pull up this app. And it'll tell you that converter is worth X amount of dollars. You can get the number off the converter. If you if you scan the number on your phone and have that app, it'll tell you how much you can get for that converter. So if I need a quick loan? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story, okay? And it is out there where I live. I live out in the country. Yeah, I know where you and live. Some, and folks have moved in. And uh, up the road from me on the right, there's a little, like, five or six subdivision house area one day i i seen a, a car come out of there and it the the exhaust was horrible on it i mean it was just wide open pipe and i said well somebody stole the converters off that well as that car went by i seen the trunk open on it and i seen the the pipe hanging out of it <laughs> i said hmm so what's going on with that i didn't think too much about it well a couple of days later the second car that's parked at that particular house i see it coming out of the driveway and it sounds like a sherman tank also and it's doing i said i know exactly what's happening here yeah they've run out of money so they're taking their own cats off and going and selling them they're not cutting them they're unbolting them because you know when you when you do that it's a y pipe yeah most of the time it's made together and goes back to the cat and then the cat bolts onto the exhaust pipe they got the whole pipe system in there took them off they didn't cut them off they (laughs) unbolted them (laughs) 
<laughs> I said, man, I feel sorry for them folks because that's a radical way to get a few dollars. Yeah, I yep, agree know? with that. So they're going to go and buy them so some long dis- some long pipe to get where yep. it doesn't sound like. And they'll probably go or find somebody to weld them on some pipes that's without the cat. Then, you know, yeah, yeah, so. yeah break, break the law, but make a little money in the process, I guess. Or turn it into insurance. Yeah, Jacob has got a 2011 Volkswagen, what is it, is it Tygoon? Is that what they pronounce Tiguan. it? Tiguan. Uh, t- okay, it's an SC, four-cylinder, two-liter uh, engine. says, how do I find the right fuse for the driver's side headlamp, low beam? The driver's side headlamp has gone out, and changing the bulb multiple times has not worked. I want to check the fuse, but there is no fuse box layout in the owner's manual. Which fuse is the correct one for the driver's side headlight low beam? Boy, that's a problem today, ain't it, Doug? Yep. You know, uh, legends for a fuse box, they have turned them into a problem because they used to, if you took the lid off or on top of the lid, it had a legend and it laid out exactly what fuse did what. So an owner could change it. Well, they don't have those no more. We you don't, don't actually have no to more. look it up and go to – you could probably Google it, and it'll come up. But it's, you have to be very vehicle-specific. Otherwise, that fuse is not going to be where it's, it's supposed, supposed to be. Okay. So keep that keep that in mind. Just dealing with fuses now Complicated. Is, a, is a hassle. Okay. So Dave Ellswick Show, get our final break in here. We'll come back. have about seven minutes left with Duck and, uh, and Joe here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. We're just talking about uh, differences in fuel economy. Fuel economy, of course. <laughs> my, well, I bought my Acadia in 2010. All right, that was the second year it was out. I get now I get about 18. I can push it if I don't drive too fast and get mm-hmm. up to 19 miles to a gallon. But this says you drive it at uh, 70, you're going to get uh, you know 28 miles to a gallon. That's advertised, that. Yeah. All those stickers on those windows, they ain't never going to get that done. <laughs> well, I know I that. promise you. Because they, when they check them out, they put them on a flat surface. On, They're in a controlled environment. A, yeah, absolutely. There's not any hills in there. But if I can get 25, that's pretty. That's going to be pretty good. You add that up, it's, well, uh, sure. I'll get a couple more trips back and forth to work. I don't think it would uh, offset the cost of uh, a payment. Well, no, not <laughs> you're right about that. Oh. <laughs> you are right about that. There's no doubt about it as well. Now, I was asking you about uh, um, the Camry and and whatnot, and I was asking you about the sports car that they got. Yeah, it's the a Toyota. Supra. Yeah, the Supra. Mm-hmm. Now they just brought that back, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. I there was a Supra back in the. 60s, I guess, that they made? No, it was no, in the... Uh, it was late 90s. Yeah, in well, the 90s, they, yeah. They want over $100,000 for that car. Yeah. They say that it's uh, it get up and, and get it. It will. And do it. But, you know, if you want a sports car and, you know, they don't even, on that car, I don't think there is an advertised fuel economy on that well. car. That's because it depends. They know. Your gas pedal controls that's fuel. Exactly, that's exactly right. Now, the speedometer controls it. Dave, when you go past that 80-mile-an-hour yeah, mark, it's sucking the it fuel up. gauge goes the other way. I could, feel, I could feel like I'm back in high school again. Yeah. Driving my charger. As I always said, pass everything on the highway but a gas station. Yep. 
Exactly them old Ford Broncos, you know, when they went from the small Bronco to the big Bronco. Now, is that the one that O.J. was hiding in? That's it. Okay, thank you. They White went, Bronco. They, they, they went from <laughs> fairly decent gas mileage to seven, eight miles per gallon when they went to the full-size Bronco with a 351 Cleveland or the Windsor's 81 in it. Yep. But, uh, yeah, they like gas. Heavily right. like gas. All right, let's get a couple more ch- uh, questions in here. Uh, did, did we do the thing about the Volkswagen? About finding yep. about this? Okay, we did do that. All right. Yep. Let's talk about a Dodge Stratus. I had a friend that had a Stratus, and he swore by it. He loved that car. This is a 2005 transfer case malfunction question mark. I'm not new to vehicles, but I am new to four-wheel drives. My Jeep will not drive in four high, but it will drive in four low. Help. How is this a Dodge Stratus? I don't know. It doesn't look like it to me. <coughs> Stratus is not a Jeep. Mm-mm. That's a, that's. Yeah, I think there's a problem there. I don't know about the Stratus, <laughs> but we'll just work on the Jeep, Jeep. issue. Yeah, that's okay. what I was thinking. So. Go ahead. Yeah, it, and, and if it's got, if it won't pull in high, but it will pull in low, it's inside internal inside transfer case. Transfer case issue. Yep. Yeah, it's got something. Either the fork, the slider, the gear, something broken there. And that's probably a, uh, probably a. Uh, Borg Warner 203 transfer case in it, and they had a lot of trouble with the forks bending in them. It'll go in one gear, won't go another. Okay. I have no idea how they even work. You know, go from Some of them are electric. Four. They shift, you know, electric. Some of them you shift with a stick in the floor. But most likely it's got a bent fork. It's got to come out. It's got to come out and get tore apart anyway. Yeah, you're going to have to take it apart and see what's going on. Or take it apart and put a reman in it. Yeah. All right. So don't forget, we were talking at the very beginning of the show about SUVs, and I was mentioning that even the Kias now. And uh, when you're talking Kia, you're talking about a, you know, relatively, uh, you can afford the, the automobile, uh, and how they've got reclining seats in the back. They're not Now, they're not leather. Nope. But... Uh, you know, if well, you got kids, you might not want leather. They, they really can't be leather no more, Dave, when they got heated and cool seats because the cool comes up through the little pinholes in the seat. Okay, that would make it thinner. And Well, it just puts them little pinholes in it so the air can come up through and right. hit you on your booty, hit yeah. you on your back. I, I don't have cooled seats. I got heat, heated seats. I got leather seats in the, mm-hmm. the Acadian, and it, uh, I love them, man. Hey, heated seats in the wintertime is great. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have. You start your car up. Heated steering wheel. It's great. Start too. all that other stuff up, and everything mm-hmm. is nice and warm and toasty before you even drive away from the house. I like yep. that. I like that a lot. You all remember going to school and getting into the car, and Dad say, well, come on, I'll get you to school, and at least you didn't have to walk, but trying to stay warm, well, that was a different story. It took it took that iron engine a long time yep. to warm up. They warm didn't get enough heat in to make yeah. the heater work. Uh-uh. It was cold. It was all just about the time you pull up to the door. Back then, cars were made for durability and traveling, not any type of comfort, Dave. Yeah, that's true. You know, but but I remember those days. By the time you got to school, you might see some of the fog coming off the window. Yeah, yeah. I remember my dad cursing it. <laughs> I remember dad had a, had a, a white rag, and he'd reach up there and wipe the windshield yep. down. Yeah, wipe it off. So it got warm enough to, you know, so it would dry it out. And he also, my dad always had a can of ether in the car, <laughs> and he had a can of something to, that would 
melt the ice off of it. De-icer. Yeah, Daddy, always, de-icer. Daddy always had a cigarette lighter. He'd stick up to the door lock. He'd, you know, one of them uh, Zippos, I yeah. think it was called. He'd he'd light it, hold it up there and put the key in it because be, the little door would be frozen, wouldn't open. Yeah, they did that. They would heat the key up, too. Yeah. And stick it in there. Yeah, those were the days. Mm-hmm. I'll take today over. Those were the Me days, too. to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, you just push a button and the door unlocks for you. You got it right. Or right. just walk up to it and it'll do that. Thank yep. you, Duck. Thank, Thank you, Joe, you, for coming on in. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll be back at 9 o'clock. We're going to talk about the tree. You want to know what that is? Come on back at 9 o'clock. I'll tell you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got to have a little Christmas music here because we're going to talk a little Christmas over the next 30 minutes. Jerry Wilson's here. He's from, it's First Baptist of Little Rock, correct? Yes. Okay. First Baptist of Little Rock. You don't have to put those on, Jerry. Yeah. If somebody calls in, then well, I'll relay the message or cool. whatever. I'll, I'll start doing sign language <laughs> at you. How's that? All right. So Jerry is here. He is the executive pastor of First Baptist of Little Rock. Guess what's back this year? If you said the tree, give yourself a gold star on the top of your tree because they are. They're back. I'm going to tell you what. It was one of the most uh, attended special events in the area. People love this show. It's great. It's a lot of fun. I've been over there several times to see it. And I didn't realize this year would be the fourth year. Uh, from not doing it, all right. So they're going to—they they haven't done it for three years, two years for COVID, and they—they they had uh, slowed down uh, the year before that. And uh, is there a lot of pent-up interest? Is like everybody, you know, I don't think they're spitting the bit right now. They're probably chomping on the bit, aren't they? They are. They're chomping on the bit. Uh, we're excited to bring it back to Little Rock. It's—it's it's a great program. It unifies our people, gives us a common goal, and. And people are really excited. We got a lot of new people in our church that have never even seen it, and they're going to be wow. in it. So that's good. that uh, means that's, you that's guys have been growing. Cool. Is that what yeah. I'm hearing? Well, we've got some new people that are uh, just really some musical people that really want to be part of it. So that's great. Well, I'm I'm excited to see it. Then I'm I'm going to look look forward to it. The best part is always the end when they bring in everybody. Yep. I mean that's that's very very cool. You know, we we made a conscious decision uh, this year that we're uh, we're stopping at the nativity. In the past, we've taken the the story of Jesus further, and we don't even believe that's necessary because people's hearts are so open to Christmas anyway. Yeah, that that's kind of our postcard moment at the end when we have camels and llamas and sheep and wise men and and we build this big we call it a postcard that's cool and so it it is that so we're excited we're excited about it i mean look sight and sound don't have anything on you guys at the end i wouldn't go there (laughs) well (laughs) i've been there yes they do (laughs) they have like a five million dollar video wall that i'd like to have but it's great it is i went up and i thought i've seen the christmas story a million times what can they do different they do different. I'm yeah. just saying, it's kind of cool do. what they do. Have you ever seen their production of David yet? Uh, not yet, no. Boy, when you see that. Yeah. I, I've i seen almost all of their productions. 
that, and I saw Jesus here just recently. That was well done. Well done. But let me tell you what. David is awesome. Well, I'm excited. I'll go. I'll go. It's you know, Jesus, awesome. they have a, a video wall that's so special because um, uh, Universal Studios in, in Orlando has one like it. But they can put buildings that they've made, and they've got such good artists that in that video wall, you can't tell what's real and what's not. I know. That's CGI's my dream good. for the tree. We're ge- we're headed there. Uh we're just short a few million dollars. A few million dollars. Just a few. <laughs> just, just a few. Yeah. yeah, just a few. And then you're going to have to expand the the sanctuary. That's right. You know, that's to handle the, the whole right. video wall that they got. That's, that's <laughs> right. And sound. Plus, I have I have no idea how many, you know, hundreds of thousands of watts of sound that they have there. Yeah, a, a lot. And we can handle the sound. We can handle the lighting. We're short on the video wall. Just just the. Is it tall enough to fly to people that you would need to fly? Oh yeah. Oh okay. We, we've got a little over forty feet in there, so we could we fly one angel in this program. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm cool. Yeah. And 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 the angel that flies does not look like the one at uh, you know like the pizza parlor or whatever that they <laughs> no. used to have. They no. really look like they're flying. Yeah. You know you got to you got to know that. So Jerry, tell us when the days are going to be because I know you're not doing as many days as you have done in the past. Well, you? we're doing six performances. Okay. So we do. Uh, we start on Thursday, December the eighth. And we do Thursday night and Friday night. That's at 7 a week p.m. from next Thursday. Yeah. That's a week from this Thursday. Today. Yeah, today, week from today okay, is our first today. performance. Up. Okay, uh, Thursday night and Friday night at seven, and then on Saturday and Sunday, December ten and eleven, we do a two and a five. Okay, show. so early matinee and then yep, an evening performance, as they like to say. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm so glad. I'm excited about it coming back. I really am. Yeah, you, me too. We've longed for this. COVID really shut us down, like it did everybody. Yeah. We're ready to get back to some normalcy, and and we've put a lot of time and effort into making this better than it's ever been. So we're excited about it. So I know that you're already practicing. It takes a lot of practice to do the tree. All right, it really. If you've never seen the tree, you've got to see the tree. Have you ever seen it, Jimmy? Jimmy's here too. No, sir. Okay, you have you got to go. Take your wife. Yeah, she'll she'll like you even more if you, you if you take her. You know, she really will. Just might do that. I'm interested. <laughs> it's cool. It yeah, is a great. Fun. It's a great show. I mean, it's really a great show. It's uh, you know you got all these people that make up the tree, mm-hmm. and then at the very top, Curtis Coleman's wife is at the yep, very Catherine. top. Do yep. you like put her up there with a crane? I mean, you no, got to raise no, her up that no, high. She's fit. She can just walk up there. She walks yeah, up to yeah. it. Huh? There's like she a climbs up there. Spiral like climbing staircase a mountain, like climbing pinnacle out there. But. <laughs> I'm like speechless when I talk about this because it is such a, a special thing that you guys do. You know, we uh, every year we have a few special guests. This year we've got a couple of special guests that we're excited about okay. performing with us. One is a group called Untapped, and they're. Um, the only professional tap dancing group in Arkansas, and All they right. they promote awareness around Arkansas, and they've they've exposed tap dancing to like two thousand kids in the last eight years. It's a lot of fun. And then Miss Karen's Dance Studio has a company that's won several national championships. They're they're an elite company. They call them. It's ten dancers, and they're all about nine or ten years old and they're oh, cool. beautiful and they're doing a number with us so we try to not only use our own people but bring in other 
things from the community to combine with us. Trying to think the last time I was there, didn't you have a contemporary Christian artist come in? We did. We had Josh Wilson, who was. who's my nephew. Oh, okay. And uh, he came in and started one year. So we kind of change it up every year, a little different. But we got a lot of fun. It's very family-friendly. There's nothing that a three-year-old would find even remotely disturbing, offensive. This is just a family-friendly. And our tree now has been duplicated. Silver Dollar City has duplicated our tree. Uh, um uh, That's pretty uh, cool. Church and Bell in, in, in Memphis has duplicated, but we were the first people to do what we're doing, which we can actually – we've pixelated every light on the tree, and we can run video through our tree. I know. So uh, so we've uh, we've gone some extra steps this year to make it pretty cool. But, uh, but we're excited about – look, if you love Christmas, just come for the light show. Yeah. And the projection shows. We project all around the room, even on the ceiling this year. And oh, so, very cool. So we kind of what we want to do is immerse the audience in a Christmas atmosphere, and so it's about an hour and a half show, um, and uh, we we love doing it. But yeah, we started rehearsals in August. We started meetings in June. So we've been working on it a long time. How is it that you did this without me finding out? I usually can sniff this stuff out. Yeah. Well, COVID kind of everybody kind of took to themselves for a while but yeah. we're, we're back and we're excited about it we're ready to go well i'm ready for you to get it done all right yeah who says that <laughs> get her done get her done yeah you gotta get her done all right so this is a first baptist uh here in little rock they're right over there on um pleasant valley pleasant valley and that's the only thing that going to be any kind of a hassle is all the work that they're doing on the road over there isn't it yeah but we're even our cast all of our cast and orchestra and drama people everything animal trainer we're all parking off site and bussing in so our entire parking lot's empty so oh, we'll good. have people out there to help you park uh, we have an we have an awning in the front if if there's any kind of inclement weather you could drop off passengers in the front so there is a little work over there, but it's we've got policemen that'll do traffic, so we can get you in and out of there real quick. Yeah, I was over there a couple of weeks ago with the Republican women over there, Pulaski Republican women, and speaking to them. So I, I saw that while I was there. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk to Jerry Wilson more. I'm going to pry out everything I can about what the show is going to be like to tell you about it, because if you've been to it, Look, you're going to go back. I know that. But there's a lot of people who have moved to Arkansas over the last few years because they don't want to live up in the godforsaken Northland that we have here in, in, in the country. And they've moved down here to, to Arkansas like I did 20-odd uh, years ago. And I love it down here. I really, really do. I'm one of, and I hope this doesn't bother you, Jerry. I'm a damn Yankee. All right. You know, Yankee is somebody comes down here and lives. Damn Yankee, one comes down here and lives and stays. And I, I'm one of them that stayed because I like I like the South. All right, 916, we'll take a quick break. Don't forget about uh, ICU uh, Productions and what, or pre, pardon me, protection, what they can do for you as far as making your house safe. Uh, making your business safe. I mean, we all know crime is up around uh, the Little Rock area, and 
and uh, even beyond anymore. You hear about it in Pine Bluff. You hear about it over in West Memphis. You hear about it in Conway. You hear about it in Cabot. It's it's everywhere. So I wanted that uh, that feeling of safety that having a good security system can give to you, and Billy Mac can do that for you. Uh, he can do the door and the window sensors. He can do the cameras inside, outside. He can do motion detection for you. The thing that I like the most is the analytics where uh, when it notifies you something's going on, it can tell you whether it is a person, an animal, or a car, or even a really big puff of wind that's got some leaves in it. It can tell you all about that. These are the people who take care of uh, Nuke One, and if they can take care of a Nuke Reactor, they can take care of my living room and my bedrooms and my family uh, when we're home. And if you have a business, they can protect your business as well. Here's the other thing that makes them special. You know, normally you have somebody come out and they have multiple, you know, you know, alphabetical you know, letters. And uh, what they'll say is, they say, OK, here's what the cost is. Now, uh, let's talk about what kind of uh, of uh, material you want, what kind of sensors you want, cameras. You can tell them and then they say that they need a, a four or five hundred dollar uh, check uh, for all of that equipment. You don't pay a dime. Uh, to uh, Billy Mack at ICU. He's been on my show and has said uh, very transparently that uh, he figures if he brings in uh, a new customer and they want more than, you know, one camera, it's going to take over four years for him to, to break even with them. But he's willing to do that to bring to you a great product. That's ICU uh, protection, 501 205 1333 call them today i'll be i bet you they have you hooked up by the middle of next week it's billy mac icu protection i use them i think you should use them as well if you want to feel safe at home 501-205-1333 we got plenty of things to talk about here i want to get right back to it Let's talk with Executive Pastor Wilson here from over at First Baptist Little Rock. And uh, you're not going to want to miss the tree. It starts next Thursday, runs through, uh, what is it, Sunday. Sunday. Yes. So you want to keep in mind uh, whether you're on the, the weekend, if you want to go to the early show or you want to go to the late show. And let me just tell you right now, get your tickets now because they'll sell out. They will. They'll sell out. So you don't want to, to miss your opportunity. This is very. How tall is the tree? Forty feet. All right. How many people are? Is that? We're singing about 110 this year. Wow. It's gonna be nice and loud. Like yeah. that. I like that. All right. You said there's some special events happening. You got a special choir coming in on Thursday night. Well, uh, our largest ministry at First Baptist Little Rock is Baptist Prep, the Baptist Preparatory School. And uh, Rebecca Sanders, she does a great job leading the mixed choir there. They're a a wonderful choir. So we're opening the program. They're doing a couple of numbers at the very beginning. They're the first thing we want to feature coming out of the shoot. So uh, they're doing a couple of numbers. And then that choir, those students, there's a little over 30 of them, they're singing with us in the tree. Oh, cool. And so we've got a, a wide age variety in the tree. Okay, so, so do, do they do a Christmas show they, The choir does yeah. a Christmas – they do concerts. I'm not sure if they have a Christmas concert this year by itself because would I you know co- they do a Would you text concert. me and let me yeah. know because yeah. I'll be happy to promote that. Yeah. I love 
I'll find coral out before work. we get off of here. Okay. I'm a big coral guy. I sh- well, you know, they do a great job. She, she's a wonderful director, and they do a great job. And, uh, yeah, I think people really like that. Yeah, let me tell you, uh, Jimmy, uh, now when I sang in choir, we could still do secular music by Bach and things yeah. of that nature, yeah. and we weren't told that we couldn't sing that music back then. <laughs> uh, so, you know, break forth, oh, beauteous, heavenly light, and, and all of that. And we would, we would, we had a 120-member choir, and we would come in from back of the auditorium, and it was packed. We'd have about 3,200 people there, and we were all carrying candles. They trusted us back then. And we would sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, as we came in. And uh, it, it was special. It was special. And uh, don't think me of being a wuss, but I was a member of the – I played I played football, basketball, baseball. The only thing I didn't do was, was wrestle because that got mixed up with basketball. And then, uh, you know, last but not least, I was in choir, wrote for the school newspaper. I was like, a, I was like Thomas Jefferson, you know. Yeah. I was a man for all seasons. Choir doesn't make you a wuss. Yeah, well, some people think it does. I was, well, a, band, I was a band geek. Oh, Same there you band. go. Yeah. I love it. I so. played I mean, athletics, but I was a band geek. Yeah. Yeah. And I had people that asked me, why do you hang around with those people? I go, they're cool, man. Yeah. They're cool people. You know, yeah. I, I was on stage and the whole nine. I did all of that stuff. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing and, today and, and by not the making way, I, any money at it. I say geek with <laughs> affectionate terms. My best long-term friends I have in my life were in band with me. Yeah. Uh, man, I, musicians have I've a bond. Got, I've got people who I sang in choir. Doyle Banks, I'll just mention that name. He is my best friend from high school, along with Dan Gamaleri, who I played baseball with. Mm. And I talked to both of them during the Christmas season every year. That's awesome. Yeah, they're still good friends. Hey, I, I, I played football and I boxed, and I played clarinet, too. I didn't know you played the licorice stick. Yeah, I was, I, I was good at boxing and football. I was terrible at clarinet, but I loved it. But you liked Benny Goodman. Yes, sir. Huh? You yeah. could have played in our tree until that last yeah. statement. Until that last statement. <laughs> <laughs> you were terrible at it. <laughs> All right, so they're going to have the special choir coming. What else you got that's special this year? Well, like I mentioned, we have the two dance groups coming in that are special guests right. that are going to dance with us. Not with us. They're going to dance while we do our thing. Okay. But, um, you know, we have not only a light show that's unequaled in town, that if you want to see a 40-foot Christmas tree dance with lights, we can make it dance. But we have a, a guitar solo, kind of a, um, a not what's the group that does the big thing every year uh, at the auditorium with all the lights, tra- oh, tra- Trans-Siberian yeah, Orchestra. Trans-Siberian we have kind of a guitar solo that's kind of like PSL. that for one song. But we have a projection uh, technology that we introduced uh, in 2015, too, that, that immerses the the audience in an environment and we're excited about that we're featuring that in one number too so we this is so got a lot like of different the, things you're like the pink floyd of baptist churches yeah well i'm a tech geek so i'm always looking for something we can do but yeah uh we're not going to do money or, <laughs> dark side the dark side of the moon, of the moon. Be nothing doing like that, that. but right. but we will have a lot of lot of we can in, we can keep you interested the whole time you're there it's it's a good show very well i'm looking forward to it if people want tickets how to they get them. They can, the easiest way is to go online at the tree dot Christmas. 
Uh, now, how easy is that? The, the tree, tree dot, dot Christmas. Christmas. Okay. And you can go, and there's a call center. They'll mail them to you or they'll email them to you. You can keep them on your phone. We can scan them at the door. It's no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, how many, how many people can you seat in every performance? About 1,000. Okay. And we have six performances. Okay, 6,000 people. I'm just going to tell you right now, that sounds like a lot. It's not. Yeah. The demand, and yeah, now we, it's pent-up demand. Yeah. Because uh, this this is a great time, and I, you know I would like to throw in something I haven't mentioned uh, yeah. before, um, and that is on Wednesday night we do a dress rehearsal, and if if you are a family that fosters children or has adopted children. If you would call our church office, we open that dress rehearsal up to fostering and adoptive families uh, be, so that kids can run around the room and make noise, whatever they want to do, but, right. the, but the families still get to see the program and not have to worry about what to do with their kids. Mm-hmm. So if they would call the church office, we'd be glad to get you in the dress rehearsal. All right. There you go. And let me tell you what. The producer and director of any kind of production will tell you how the uh, the the dress rehearsal goes is usually how the night's going to go for you all right in, in the in the future so they're really wanting that to be great yeah absolutely you know absolutely. they want to make sure that it's great well i'm i'm loving this jerry I'm, I'm glad to see you guys are back we're back we're so excited this is really so well excited. you should be yeah you should be you know what we need to work with with you with uh the fish and 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 get some named uh you know christian contemporary artists next year to come in and perform with you as well yeah then maybe we have to build a bigger you know auditorium or sanctuary for you we'll work on it we try to do something (laughs) special we try to do something you know we brought artists in before and we've done we've had different special guests so it may be next year we have an artist that'd be awesome that'd be you know i'm just telling you there's one that lives over in Con- used to live in Conway. It was good. Used to direct the music over at at New Life. That mm-hmm. might be uh, interesting yeah. to bring back. What he won? What was that? American Idol. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> we can talk about yeah, that. Sure but uh, yeah, so I'm going to get with uh, get with uh, Steve on that and see if we can't make that happen. That'd be awesome. That would be a happening. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be a happening. All right, again, it's. Uh, what is it? The tree dot Christmas. The tree dot Christmas. Okay. And, and um, we've left you tickets to to give away some. Oh yeah, I forgot. And we then, got a pair of tickets right here. I got them sitting right in my hand. If you would like to go see this, I got two tickets. That's what I. Yep. That's what I got. I got two tickets. So uh, you call in right now five zero one eight two three zero nine six five, and we will give them to you since the very beginning of the show, and. Uh, He's not seen the tree. We're going to make sure that he gets to see the tree. Looking forward to it. Take his take his wife with. Yeah. Him. Does she listen to the show? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're going to see the tree. <laughs> All right. Uh, when you see me, when you finally get to meet me, you can say, "Dave, you're the greatest guy I've ever met." It, no, I'm just kidding. She'll probably say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. It really is. And I'm not kidding you, man. That light show they got for this is like Pink Floyd. Uh, with Christianity to it, it's great. I love it. It's now it's not the wall. Okay, I'm just telling you, right now, it's not the wall. All right, Dave Ellswick show. Jimmy Cavan is with us, and you know, several weeks ago, before the holidays started to pick us up and carry us along in the the rapids of uh, the holidays at the end of the year. Uh, here we here we sit uh, now, getting ready to go into Christmas time and. 
the time that you have and that I have to, to cover a lot of different things uh, gets more and more difficult because we're called on to do a whole lot of other things with our families and things of that nature. But, Jimmy, you've been following what's been going on in Conway. I mean, when they first started this, uh, the, the trans uh, stuff, transgender, I guess is what it is, uh, out in, in, in uh, Conway, uh, you were right there. Yes, sir. Doing it. And and now it's getting, now push is coming to shove is what's happening. Well, they've created a controversy where there is no controversy. And now and I'm not the Conway School District. No, sir. People who's calling, causing the, con, uh, the, uh, the, the problems are outside groups as far as I'm concerned. There's a, a lot of outside group. Uh, there's a few in the community kind of full, full disclosure i live in conway okay so but i'm gonna I, I would cover this even if i didn't yeah and uh there the overwhelming majority of people in conway overwhelming parents right support what this school board is doing here let me let me <clears throat> just bring this up to everybody here's sure. what they're doing that's got everybody upset they're saying that Boys shouldn't be in girls' uh, bathrooms. Girls shouldn't be in boys' bathrooms or locker rooms or whatever. That shouldn't happen. And if there's a field trip and they're out traveling, uh, boys should be with boys and girls should be with girls. Now, what's wrong with that? And I don't care if you think you're a girl or you think you're a boy. uh, If you're identifying, that doesn't make you something. No. Now, and and what the school board actually did, and I applaud them for doing it, is they were actually proactive on something. They see something coming, so they said, okay, we're going to get ahead of it, and we're going to establish a policy, because we can see the train coming down the tracks, right? Mm -hmm. And so what they said was, on your birth certificate, if you're a male, you have to use the male restroom, and if you go on overnight trips, you have to sleep in dressing room with other males, same way with females. But what they did is they also said, hey, let's be fair to everybody. So if you identify, if you're trans or you identify as a female or a male and you're not, they're saying, okay, we're going to accommodate you. So what we're going to do is we're going to provide you private bathroom. And if we go on a trip, we're going to provide you a private room. Yeah, they're not going to put, uh, you know, a girl who thinks she's a boy and a boy who thinks she's a girl in the same room. That, that's just not going to no. happen. We already know that doesn't work. We've seen it happen. Sure. Not saying that they're prisoners or, or criminals, but we've seen in prisons where they've got guys in women's prisons where little bambinos show up. That's that's right. And, and But what, what I think the board got right is they said, look, having said that, we're going to accommodate everyone we're going to be fair and equal to everyone and their policy did that but that's just not good enough for for a small group of people they want their way and they don't want to compromise and and they don't want to be fair to the other people they 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 don't get that there are people that are other students that are uncomfortable with them being in there so what about their rights Mm -hmm. what about their what about if they're offended yeah but what you've got is you've got a lot of outside you said there's a lot of outside groups involved in the in the pushback the very overwhelming majority of of citizens right are, are 
100% support this board. You've got a small in-town group that doesn't – a. but what you're getting is a faction from Hendricks College. No shock there. And they're trying to hijack this to not only push their trans uh, uh, agenda – but their their far left agenda are pushing uh, things like uh, CRT, critical race theory, into schools. Uh, also, trying to interject intersectionality, uh, that kind of stuff. So they're trying to make a hard run at this. And you know, I talked to you last time about the coyote theory that you know, oh, farm boy like myself, Dave, you go back into and stuff. You know, three coyotes sound like thirty. Oh yeah. And but there is a group that I went to their meeting uh, Tuesday night. Uh, everything's in a name, right? They call themselves. Um, Oh, gosh. What did I do? I told you. Save our schools. Save our schools. All right. So let me just tell you. This is what the left always says. Whatever they name themselves, they do the the opposite. Yes. Uh, hence, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. It's catchy. Boy, it was catchy, wasn't it? Yeah. So Save Our Schools is catchy. So this organization met Tuesday night at St. Peter's Episcopal Church. Uh, Reverend Greg Warren there is one of the leaders of the group, along with a lady named Julie McDonald. I went to the meeting. To see uh, what they had to say. Sure. That's sure. news. Right. And uh, uh, Channel 7 was there. Uh, Channel 4 was there. Channel 11. Channel 7 actually had a camera in there. Okay. And when this group started talking, they're different than the coyote group what this group is doing is more of a i'll say it a fox in the hen house approach Mm -hmm. so the reverend said what they want to do is change their messaging from the trans issue to the academic issues and while conway could do much better academically there's no doubt about it every school could they're not at the bottom of the barrel they're not at the top they're but yes, and in, in, in I'll go into this later, how the board is approaching this to actually improve education in reading, math, science, and everything. But they want to change the message so that it's not as radical, so that they can get their people in position, get some people on the school board, get some influence going that way. And once they have that, guess what comes next? Get the camel's nose in the tent. That's it. That's it. So they're actually being... Smart. I'm to give the devil their due. They're actually being smart in how they're trying to do this. The Reverend Greg Warren <clears throat> said uh, uh, when he was talking to the crowd, portrayed the school board as being puppets for a Washington D.C. think tank. Now he didn't say the name, and, I, and I'll tell you in a second where I'm going with this. But his whole talk was he kept mentioning saying that they were following. The lead of this Washington D.C. Outsiders. think tank, right? <clears throat> this radical think tank out of Washington D.C. So when it came time for question and answers, me being me, I asked the first question, and I asked the Reverend. I said, "Hey, you referenced, you referenced this Washington D.C. think tank." I said, "Can you tell me the name of that organization?" Well, he started fumbling and stumbling, and he said, "Uh, well, and." And then somebody from the crowd said, the Heritage Foundation? And they said, no, no, that's not it. And then they fumbled and said, oh, yeah, somebody said Citizens for Renewing America. And they said, that's it, Citizens for Renewing America. And I thought right then, 
for somebody who who's, who thinks that they're really on top of this and they're portraying, they say, hey, we've got the evidence that the school board is the basically the puppets for this Washington, D.C. think tank, but you can't tell me who the think tank was right off the top of your head. And let me tell you what the think tank is there for. They're there to get rid of critical race theory. That's their objective. Yeah. Now, I can tell you this. Um, I talk to people in Conway and stuff. The school board has no idea who the citizens for renewing America is. Right. I had no idea. You didn't until we started no. looking at this, right? Now, when I found out Vaughn, was it Vaughn Fault, I think it is, was involved in it, he used to be with Heritage. I, right. You know, I've had him on my show before. Yeah, but, it, so, but they're trying to portray it as that they're getting somehow, you know, their marching orders from this think oh, I tank agree. group, and, and that's not the case. It's a false narrative, much of like Channel is. 7 is doing on this, right? Okay, so, oh, well, yeah, they're they're talking about how ugly the school board is t- to the transgender students. They absolutely are. Uh, THV 11, uh, KTV 7 have just absolutely given a false narrative to this whole thing. Now, you know me. I'm a fact guy, right? Yeah, yeah. If it's fact, I'll say it. There, there are some issues that, that I've even written about that I have with the superintendent's office on transparency, and those are factual, okay? What Channel 7 and Desmond Nugent, who reported on this, and uh, – uh, Andrew Mobley, I want to make sure I pronounced his name right. Andrew Mobley at Channel 7 have really done a poor job of presenting facts. They've done a disservice to the public. Yeah, and you hear me talk about facts and fiction. Well, these guys are real good at fiction. And so Desmond was at this meeting covering it, okay? So here's what he does in his story. In his story, he he reports that... uh, that he called the district now listen to this the district at 4:40 p.m. 4:44 p.m. to get a statement shortly after the meeting was over now I want everybody to listen that shortly after the, the meeting, meeting was, was over. over right all right he's uh, he also provided video of himself making that call all right now then he followed up in the story and said he then sent an email to Heather Kendrick, who's communications director for uh, Conway School District, asking for a comment, and he says he did all this after the meeting. All right. Hold it right there. Okay. I want you to remember that after the meeting, okay? Now, when we come back, we'll tell you when the meeting was held. All right. That's coming up. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Jimmy's here, 1011 FM, The Answer. All right, back with Jimmy in just a second, but let me remind you that First Baptist here in Little Rock uh, is bringing back the tree uh, for this Christmas. They're going to start performing next Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and double shows on uh, next uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday. I've got two tickets to the Saturday 5 p.m. showing of the tree, and I'll give them to the first caller that calls us in here at 501 823-0965. Eight two three zero nine six five. If you're wanting to see uh, the tree, here is your opportunity, and uh, I think that you would really in- enjoy it. If you haven't seen it before, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, the light show that goes along with it, the music, everything is really uh, exceptional. Again, that's uh, at First Baptist in Little Rock. 
they are uh, right over there on uh, Pleasant Valley Drive and Rodney Parham Road. Uh, so give us a call, 823-501-823-0965. 501-823-0965. And then be listening uh, next week because I've got a four-pack to give away next week. And somebody's going to win those tickets. So uh, keep that in mind. All right, Jimmy. This this uh, television reporter said that he tried to call the school board, basically, and everything after the meeting. Yeah, he he portrayed it in that he went to the meeting. <clears throat> when he got done, before he ran the story, he was going to give the school uh, district an opportunity to respond. Okay, well, here's the problem with that. The meeting didn't even start till 6 p.m. I was at the meeting. I didn't get out of the meeting in, in when it dispersed and got my truck to like 8 o'clock. So for him to say that he attended the meeting and after the meeting he called the district for a comment at 444 and then he emailed them at 449. And on his news story at 10 o'clock that night, he said he had yet to get a response. Well, you're not going to get a response because they're closed. You called them after they closed. You call, you emailed them at four forty nine p.m. and you wanna, and the meeting hadn't even yeah, happened. Yeah, but you said it did. Yeah, he said the meeting had already happened, and like I so I sent him an email and and I copied you on it because I wanted yeah. you to have it, Dave. And and I copied the school board and I also copied Amy Sullivan, the news director at Channel Seven, and uh, uh, they rose the general manager. At Channel 7. And I said, hey, Desmond. I said, I was at the same meeting you attended held by the Save Our Schools group in Conway. In your story, you stated you called the district at 4.44 p.m. to get a statement shortly after the meeting was over. And I said, see, attached, which is a portion of the story. You also provided video of yourself making that call. And I said, here's the problem with that. The meeting did not even start till a few minutes after 6 p.m. and lasted until after 7.30 p.m., so your statement in your story is not true. It is clear you have put out a false narrative of the events yesterday in effort to portray that you gave the district ample time to comment about the meeting, and that is wrong. My question is, are you going to do a retraction of your false statement and provide the actual facts? Looking forward to your response, Jimmy Cabin. Well, I sent that yesterday at 1.06 p.m., and my question, hey, Desmond, if you're listening, Channel 7, uh, Amy Sullivan, you guys, you expected a response when you sent an email to the district at 4.49 p.m., and you expected a response before you ran a story at 10 p.m. I sent you this yesterday at 1.06 p.m. Okay, so no response. you don't live by your own rules, evidently. Right. And it's it's clear that Channel 7 and their past uh, stories from Andrew Mobley, they are putting a political false narrative spin on this. THV has done that. No shock there, right? But I think what I'm tired of, I think what most people are tired of is, look, give us facts, not fiction. Mm-hmm. Okay? If it's a fact stated i do it all the time dave dave knows this because dave is the same way if you look at me if a conservative republican is doing something wrong i go after him 
if the Conway School Board was doing something wrong on this, I would be after them. But they're not. Uh, it doesn't matter to me your political affiliations, as me and Dave talk about all the time. Right is right is wrong is wrong. If, you, if you're not doing something right, you know, I'm going to say it. But I'm also going to say it, if you're doing it right, you're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about the reporter at Channel 4. Yeah. And uh, Mitch McCord, probably the last objective reporter in Little Rock, right? And I and I hope he's. I'm knocking on wood. I hope Mitch stays that way. But what you're getting here is when and that the, I've got an email exchange between uh, Linda Hardis, who's a Conway School Board member, and Andrew Mobley at Channel Seven back when he ran his uh, a story on a and they portrayed a, a policy that wasn't even on the table uh, that the school board was considering. And they weren't. And that policy, I believe it was 55.2, uh, which was a draft policy created by their attorney, Jay Beckett of Beckett, Bills and Keys, is where the board had at a workshop and said, hey, we want to talk about building decor, uh, some pronouns and stuff. It was a public meeting. Mm-hmm. Okay. The So they... So they entrusted their attorney, Jay Beckett, to kind of put some stuff together for them. Well, what he comes back with is a five-page thing with of, of, of all this different stuff that the board wasn't even talking about. And they looked at it, and within less than five minutes said, no, no, we're not even considering this. Well, Channel 7 took that and said, hey, they're considering they're, this is a proposed policy that they're going to try to implement, which is not the case. And so when the reporter was trying to get a hold of board members and got a hold of Linda Hargis, and, and, and I, I appreciate what she said, uh, and through the Freedom of Information Act, I've, I obtained emails on okay. it. we got one minute. Sure. Okay. Basically, uh, he wanted to get an interview with her um, based off what what they had done in the past uh, she just said she said I'm sorry I don't trust any of you it's sad for me to say that my point before is the policy you're talking about is not on the table why can't you just say that right. it, uh, that's the stuff that you hear here that you'll not hear anywhere else I'll well, just tell you that much. let me say real quick and I say it all the time you know, if you if you're looking for facts and not fiction, come to my page. Come to the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't go to Channel Seven and Channel Eleven because they're going to give you fiction. All right, appreciate you, Jimmy. <laughs> yes, sir. We'll do it again next Thursday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll be back tomorrow. Robert Steinbach and Chris uh, Corbett will start us off at six a.m. We'll talk about the Nutcracker as well in the nine o'clock hour. Lots of specials coming up here in the local area. And don't forget about the tree over at the First Baptist in Little Rock. And that starts next Thursday. I'm Dave Ellswick. I'll have more of those tickets to give away next week right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Three-star 
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.